I think what's been the most shocking to me has more so been like the streamers, the big streamers with the big like brand names who've been like stepping forward and speaking out and not just like making one statement, but going in, like attacking folks who are being bigoted, bigoted and just educating everybody, not caring if they lose their followership at all, just really going in and putting it all out in the line and Hey everybody, welcome to Checkpoint AFK, where gamers sit around and talk about everything that happens away from the keyboard. I am your host, Norris Howard, joined alongside stalwart members of the Checkpoint crew. We got Callie Sloan, we got Chad Callahan, and we have a very special guest host with us today. And when I mean very special, I am elated that this man could join us for the show today because he's a guy that's been out there for many years. You know him, you love him, you've seen him many times. Malik Forte has joined us on the show as a guest host. Malik, what is going on, my guy? Man, it's an OP intro, bro. I love it. I love it. I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. I'm in an even better mood after the intro. Hey, listen, listen, we try to make all of our guest hosts feel welcome and special before we begin talking about some of the most ridiculous things that we've all ever experienced in our lives. But before we jump heavily into that, uh, we like to give our guest hosts some time to talk about what they've been up to, uh, any causes that they're championing right now. Um, so what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? Obviously, I know a lot of it is revolved around the protests, but you know, what what, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of it's been up to that. I've been kind of just with everybody else kind of sitting back and watching, not necessarily sitting back, but just observing the world, you know, perpetually burn. It's been, it's been, it's been happening very, very quickly, uh, and trying to advocate as much as I can, educate, uh, trying to make sure I'm there for all my, my, my black friends, uh, trying to make sure I'm there for, for my friends of other races and talk to them and educate as much as possible. But uh, aside from that, uh, games I've been playing, I still play a lot of Apex. Been playing some Animal Crossing when I can, some Call of Duty when I can get that in too. Um, I. When I'm not playing games, I'm typically working on music, writing it, producing it, engineering it. And that's pretty awesome. much it, man. I'm still quarantining like everybody else, staying at home. So just trying to stay awesome. healthy. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got to check in with our other hosts as well. Callie, Chad, let the people know what have you guys been up to and what you've been playing. I mean, for me, the last week has just been, you know, tweeting about what's going on, uh, pissing off a lot of people. I went down the rabbit hole of right-wing Twitter the other day, which was... Oh, no. <laughs> man, that was an illuminating experience going down uh, that particular rabbit hole, but it ended up with me just kind of trolling them about GoldenEye for a little while, which is a weird thing to get onto, but man. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... Okay, explain that Explain that to yeah, me. How are you trolling <laughs> right-wing people about GoldenEye? What does that mean? I, so, okay, so I was responding to someone who was talking about uh, Antifa and trying to explain. It's like, you realize, like, you can't, like, get an Antifa, like, Costco club card. You can't, like, it's not an organization you join right (laughs) and he called me a socialist communist which is not something that you can be those are very different things so (laughs) yeah he he had a big thing about communism he was worried me and my soviet buddies were going to screw up the government or something like that and i'm like man you know the cold war ended in 1991 right and then he started going off on a bunch of other stuff about how like he's super busy right now and he hasn't been able to like notice anything else and i'm like okay but like 
you had to have noticed the Cold War ended. Like, that's a big thing. Didn't you see <laughs> Goldeneye? And then we just talked about Goldeneye for a little bit. It was weird, man. I'm, I'm super busy, bro. I didn't realize the Berlin Wall fell. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like, come on, man. That's that's stupid. I that's know. stupid. So that, Chad, that was my Chad, word. Chad, what have you been doing? I, I, I mean, honestly, just, you know, sitting on social media, too, just... I'm trying to distract myself, but at the same time, I feel like I keep getting sucked back in and uh, and all that stuff. So, in you know, not even just what's happening with the protests, but also with, like, you know, the things that are happening behind the scenes that, you know, uh, like the whole uh, banning LGBT from uh, also adopting, that's new, you know, for some reason that's getting getting talked about now. It's like, why? Like, what are you doing right now? Like, what's happening in the world right now where that matters right now? It just seems a little off. Well, I mean, off, it, well, Chad, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is one of those lines that we're walking to right now because, you know, I'm trans and you're gay. So it's Pride Month that we're going into that. But there's like the, the world on fire and celebrating pride is really difficult right now. So, like, there's yeah. so much going on right now and it, that needs our attention. It's hard to stay focused on everything. It really is. And yeah. it's kind of like I feel guilty for being, you know, upset about this when this is happening. Over, you know what I mean? You don't, yeah. I don't know where to put my, my frustration and anger because there's just so much happening. At be the same a- be time. angry about Just be all angry. Of it. Yeah, I am. Be, I am angry yeah, about yeah. all of it. There's a and, lot of and, and that's what Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and that's the thing, you know, and, and before we get too heavy into the specific issue that I want us to talk about today, one thing that I want to say is that, uh, like you guys, I feel very similar about, like, there are so many things to be upset and angry about. But then I realized, like, wait a minute, but not only are so many of these things connected, but when we solve the issue of something like poverty, that solves it for African-American people, Latino people, trans people, trans people of color in particular, which is which is why I'm I'm my mind is blown why a lot of people don't conflate like LGBT issues and African-American issues, considering like the rate of of black trans death is like higher than every other cohort in America right now. Yep. So the 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 way I feel about it is all of this is is conflated together. And as as somebody who's heavy into video games, like, dude, I just watched this and I'm just like, bro, there's like five Final Fantasies that all have these sort of plot points. And I'm just like, how are how do people not how do people not see this? But yeah, we'll, we'll get... this is Shinra. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes. One thousand percent. Oh, it man. is. It, it it is. And, and and when you think about it, because you know the whole, I ain't trying to get deep into my political science in terms, of, you know, corporate oligarchy and all that. Stuff. I don't want to scare people away. We want to have a conversation. We want to talk a, a little bit about video games as well. But the main thing I want to say is that Chad, I appreciate you vocalizing that sentiment because I feel like it's okay to be angry about all of it. It is okay oh, yeah. to, un- it, yeah, it's okay to to understand that. Of course, you're going to be more angry about the things that happen to the groups you identify with. I think that's only human. But at the same time, we all can empathize with one another, and especially with this issue of police brutality, because as we see all on social media throughout the past week, week and a half, is that it kind of really doesn't matter uh, when it comes to to certain law enforcement officers. It kind of it just don't matter. Uh, But we're going to take a very quick break and we're going to specifically talk about what's going on with the protests uh, for the K-12 
killing, the murder. I'm gonna just go out there and say it for the murder of George Floyd oh, yeah. and all the other ancillary issues. Yeah, all the other ancillary issues. We will be right back. Hey guys, I'm Jake. And I'm Robbie Landis. And we're the hosts of The Owl's Nest, giving you that high-level perspective of the Overwatch League, checking out the news every single week. That's right. You can find us every Friday at CheckpointXP.com and over our YouTube. You can also find an audio version on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Hey everybody, we are back with Checkpoint AFK. We have our special guest host, Malik Forte. You know him from, you know, Call of Duty League, Overwatch League, The Nerdist, so many other places that you've seen this guy uh, and, and, and what he's done for gaming and particularly highlighting the causes of uh, gamers of color, African-American gamers as well. You know, uh, Malik, thank you for joining us. You've been out in Los Angeles your LA guy in Los Angeles has seen some of the heaviest or at least most covered uh, protests. Uh, what is your, what has been your experience out there? And just, just let us know how the lay of the land is for the past few weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I went out and protested for a few days. Uh, first day was, a, uh, I think last Saturday, it was very, very violent, uh, very tumultuous. It was, it was, insane it was something that i never thought i would experience in this city uh, a lot of people were likening it to the la riots i personally liken it to the cincinnati riots something that i experienced as a pre-teenager and um it was, it was just crazy man it started off peaceful everybody was there it was good energy everyone was chanting we had our signs and then the next thing you know the cops just started pushing people uh they started tear gassing folks shooting rubber bullets they had a lot of these guns that shoot blanks uh they were using these guns to basically like back the crowd up because if they wanted the crowd to go in a certain direction because what they were doing was they were corralling people to a certain area so after the curfew went into effect they could easily arrest everybody and detain them that was kind of their strategy so they're shooting all these blanks and everybody is just panicking and running now me somebody who's protested before who's been through this stuff i didn't run because i knew they weren't actually shooting bullets that sat there with my hands up and uh you know that that was pretty uh it, it was pretty eye-opening to be there because there were so many young folks out there yeah. who who this was their first time protesting they were just angry and um there weren't a lot of people my age that were out there uh, i would blame coronavirus on that f- mostly because For sure. people wanted to stay safe so they're like i'm not going to go out these young kids they're like shoot i'm out of work uh, you know, I'm struggling right now and I'm angry. I'm out there in the streets. So um, me and my wife, we both felt like it was kind of our like uh, our civic duty to go out there and stand with the the younger generation. Uh, I say that like I'm so, so old. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a millennial. Uh, but I, got, I just want to before I even continue, I have to say this. I think this is very important to, to note. Generation Z, we call them Zoomers. They are the shit. Like straight up, yeah, those, awesome. those guys, they are, they are showing up. They are showing up. This movement wouldn't be as strong as it, as it is right now if it weren't for the young folks. They get it. Uh, they're sick and tired of this stuff. And, man, they've been out there in the streets. Uh, they've been out there protesting like every day. They're coordinating it. Some of the people who are coordinating these things are like barely out of high school. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah and, was... and, and... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was just saying, yeah, it's it's amazing to really see the young people and and how they and how they reacted to this because we got to remember, you know, as as millennials, all of us are are a similar age group, but as millennials, all of us remember like Columbine and nine eleven, like those are touchstone moments where our culture began to get defined. These are kids that grew up in an era where school was not the safest place for you to be at a given time. I mean, like, just imagine what that does to a group of kids, to a group of people. We've seen the Women's March on Washington. We've seen the March for Our Lives to, to protest gun violence yeah, and, and yeah. school shootings. This is a group of kids right. that, for the most part, their entire teenage and adult life, they have been protesting something. And I think they've gotten to a point, man, where they got it down to a science Malik, here in Detroit, we've been seeing the same thing where you got 16, 17, 18-year-olds leading crowds of hundreds of people, getting people to calm down, getting people to uh, protest peacefully. And I think, it's, I think it's very interesting to see such a young cohort of people uh, be able to, to really, you know, stand tall in this really, really tough time. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's definitely very enlightening. It makes me very optimistic about the future. I think that like, you know, whatever we do as millennials to make this world a better place, like Generation Z, they're gonna take that baton. They're gonna run with it, you know. And uh, I, I I think we're gonna see some true progress in the future. But uh, not to get too far away from like current events and what's been happening. Yeah. Uh, L- L.A. was crazy on Saturday. Tear gas, rubber bullets. I had so many uh, guns. I don't know what the ammunition, if they're rubber pellet guns or if they were shooting the blanks. They were pointed at me and my wife. That was Saturday. Then uh, the National Guard finally came here. I was talking to you guys, you know, in pre-production about this, but Donald mm-hmm. Trump, we all heard, saw what he tweeted about if they looting, they're shooting. You know, he sends out this threat to everybody, basically declaring war on U.S. citizens. Uh, so the National Guard moves in. Uh, and after that, the protests are just like mad peaceful. I think the president's plan kind of backfired on them here in LA, at least because the cops, they have been acting very, they've been on their best behavior since the national guards moved in. I mean, think about it. You got all these guys in, you know, army fatigues with, you know, AR 15s and all types of assault rifles and tanks standing around, you know, the cops are just like, Oh, okay. So there's other people here. (laughs) Let's not like abuse folks. And ever since uh, all all the people, uh, protests have been very peaceful. They've been very, very legit. Uh, I was at one on Monday, and it was in front of City Hall, and I don't think I've seen that many people there uh, ever. Uh, uh, well, actually, no. I take that back. The Women's March, there were a lot of people there. But the thing about L.A. is all the protests, they've been spread out all over the city. So it was yeah. it was dope. It was a great moment. Uh, you know, as somebody who lived through the Million Man March and uh, observed that, a lot of people don't know about that, but that was something that happened. Uh, I to see this happening, and not only just here in LA, but all across in every state in the United States of America, and on top of that, all across the world, it's very enlightening, man. It's it's just for me, uh, for so many years of, of dealing with BS myself and hearing the stories from my my uh, my elders, to see everyone coming together like this, dog, it's it's just gratifying on another level. And uh, I just hope we could take this energy, man. We can really take it and make some true change moving forward. But that's kind of been the, the, the temperature here, man. I, I don't know. It seems like it's been a little crazy everywhere else. I, I feel bad for everybody in New York because it looks like it's still a war zone over there. Yeah. New York, yeah. Washington, Minneapolis. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if everybody is seeing, but the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. has uh, declared, declared 4th Avenue uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza. I saw that. Uh, and she commissioned a giant mural that says Black Lives Matter. It's about three three blocks long. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's on the street. It's painted on the street in, in an act of which is I, I've personally never seen since. Uh, well, unfortunately, since George Wallace stood in front of a school and didn't let black people go into it in uh, in, in Alabama. But I, I've very rarely seen a, a mayor or one part of government so openly defy another part of government. Yeah. Um, this is a really weird time. Uh, it, it, the thing that, you know, I, I, cause the, the rest of us, Malik, you're out in California. We're here in Michigan. And the one thing I want to ask you is that, you know, you, you are a guy who's been all over the country, as you mentioned, the Cincinnati protest years back, you know, seeing something like this and knowing that other parts of the country are not as maybe advanced, quote unquote, as a California or advanced as a New York city, um, do you think that by seeing how many protests that there are, do you think that this really does lead to something larger? Because every state has seen some form of protest uh, for George Floyd. Yeah, I think I think that it will. I think it's going to, at the very least, lead to an effort, uh, an effort from progressives to make change. Now, whether or not that change is made really depends on if we're able to overpower the folks who right now are in power. The folks who don't want to make these things happen there's still a lot of resistance from these you know these very humane and for me just very base level ideas that everybody has you know just simple things like hey why are we paying police so much money so much of our taxes why are our tax dollars going to them and not to like the education system or into other things that are more progressive for our communities i feel like these are things that now people are really starting to consider they're looking out and they're seeing what's going on they're going to take this stuff to the polls. Uh, and what really what it really comes down to now is, you know, if if people show up and, and whether or not these folks that we do appoint to office actually come through for us. And I mean, it it's just so multifaceted. This whole situation is so multifaceted because police brutality is just like it's just one end to the, the big tree that is systemic racism. And there's so many elements of systemic racism that mainly affect black people would actually affect everybody. And so we get, we just got to take it one step at a time, man. And uh, as far as police brutality goes, I think we're going to see some change. We're already starting to see like folks not folks are not understanding this, what needs to be done because I don't think it was as clear cut before. And I don't think enough people cared before, but now people are starting to see actionable items being shared on Twitter, Instagram, and they're like, oh, okay, so if I vote for a progressive mayor who will appoint a police chief that wants to rinse all the corruption out of it, then we can have some progress. And, you know, with that knowledge, I think it's going to come change. Malik, I think there's yeah. two really good points to hit on there. Uh, the first being actionable items, right? Because as a white person and someone who lives in, you know, that community, a lot of the times you see these horrific things happen. We're not blind. We've seen them happen for the past 20 years. But then you as a solitary white person sit there and go, 
what is even the beginning of a solution to any of this? Like, it's so ingrained. It's so embedded. How do you even begin to tackle this? And just, like, the, the kinds of demands that you see going around social media right now, things like, hey, it should be illegal to turn off your body camera. Hey, uh, it should be, you know, if you have any kind of history with brutality, that's, you're fired, you're gone. Like, like things that are actionable. And the second thing you hit on that yeah. is super important is not only do you need to show up to the polls in November because you absolutely do. Uh, it's super important. And not only do we need some changes near the top where you're, especially as far as criminal justice reforms go, where you're going to yes. see the most bang for your buck is further down the polls. It's going to be right. the people at local government levels who are going to actually be able to affect the most change on criminal justice reform. So make sure you're doing your research, not only on who you're voting for at the very top, but also who you're voting for down at the very bottom, because I'm as guilty as anyone. I get into the polling booth and I'm like, okay, cool. I know which president I'm voting for, which senator I'm voting for. And then by the time I'm halfway down the ballot sheet, I'm like, I have never heard of any of these people. I'll just vote for this one. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's wild because, you know, you should know the name of your district attorney. You should. You should know the name of the police chief. You should know the name of, you know, a few circuit court judges like you should know that stuff and again i understand it is a lot for people to try to do and especially right now where so much is going on and and there's so much anger and energy but i'm telling you just sitting down for like 15 minutes because all a platform is out there just sitting down for 15 minutes and going who is the district attorney of my town and check out what it is they support how many prosecutions that they've had, what cases they've taken on as a district. And you can learn a lot about what it is that that particular uh, office yeah. stands for. And so uh, I, I think, you know, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Mo. I was going to say one more important thing, too, is you want to look at like who, who's corporately backing and who's taking corporate backing in these elections, too. Yep. Because that that right there is one of the bigger issues uh, that, that goes and it goes into everything, especially down to like police districts. And, you know, honestly, let's just call it what it is. The cops, they're a gang. And they and, and the reason they are so powerful right now is because so much money has been poured into the police force. And so Absolutely. that's why you're seeing so many out there saying defund the police. That's why that's been kind of a, a bit of a mantra d- during these times, because that's part of the issue. That's part of where it starts is they're so powerful. They have so much money. They have so many people that they've pretty much paid to keep themselves empowered, to keep themselves, you know, free of having to really do their due diligence when crimes like this happen. And yeah. uh, if, if we pay attention to those type of things, I think that we'll be making a step toward getting a little bit more equality in the way uh, the police are treating folks and just getting that corruption out of here because it's, it's gone yeah. way too far. And I think the money is a huge issue and a huge reason why it is. it's been so bad. I, and I think another part of that, too, is, you know, you see the what they call, you know, the blue wall, which is, I mean, for those who don't know, the concept is you don't you don't rat out another police it's, officer it's no snitching it's, let's it's be no for, it's no snitching that's exactly it's no what it is. which by which by the way they completely just you know uh uh when the shoe was on the other foot and they completely you know demonized uh the african-american community and the hip-hop community for living by no snitching creed or no snitching code and then you find out that that is literally how this other group of people operate. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes to the to the hypocrisy. But the one thing I, I want to say, 
that, uh, you know, is very important and it's sort of an inverse importance is that you look at how powerful something like a police union is in your state or your town. Um, that's part of why it is so hard to begin to uh, prosecute or charge a lot of police officers because that union is very strong, but it's very strong because it does what a union is supposed to do. And many other places have talked about, you know, busting unions, right to work and all that stuff. This is another reason why collective organization and collective bargaining, again, taking a playbook from or taking a play from the playbook of somebody who is using it against you. Uh, this is another reason why, again, collective bargaining, collective economics, collective reasoning is super important for the general public, just as it is for police officers. But we will take a slight break here and then we're going to change gears only slightly and talk a little bit about games and game companies and how they have responded to the protests and what some of them may be doing to support certain efforts. We will be right back with more Checkpoint AFK with our special guest host, Malik Forte. Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers. We've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP. Your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Is Diamond Dust an energy drink or an RPG attack? Mm, Diamond Dust. They're trying to go through and think. So, can I ask any questions about these energy drinks? Are they like well-known brands? It, it's literally just the. It's, it's literally just the flavor. It yeah. doesn't say anything else about it. So I, you, I don't so even know don't what even the actual know. drink is. Like, yeah. I don't know what this uh, what this flavor is. A subsidiary. So of. you just you just got it off the dome, man. Diamond Dust. Best okay. guess. Hmm, Diamond Dust. To me, that sounds like an RPG spell, so I'm going RPG. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Checkpoint AFK, and I got to put this in there, or they will call me into the office. Make sure you go to the website, Checkpoint xp.com where you can find this episode as well as many of our other episodes of checkpoint afk as well as all of our other podcasts about much lighter topics if you're looking to escape a little bit from all of the madness but you ain't going to escape all the way because we're talking about it everywhere but anyway (laughs) we (laughs) we are back here with Malik Forte, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about about video games and how the gaming community has has responded to this. Because I, I, I want to start this conversation off with a with a with a quick story, a personal experience. Um, I am somebody who grew up in the city of Detroit. Detroit is something like eighty two percent African American. So, to be perfectly honest, I did not experience a lot of racism. In my early years, I was surrounded by mostly black people, black doctors, black lawyers, black police officers, 
it was a very different experience from what I think many black people in America experience. Uh, however, one of my first instances of racism was through Call of Duty. And this is, and this again is an issue that has continually plagued video games since they've gone online. But we see game companies, Activision Blizzard included, try to take some steps moving forward uh, to really maybe address a little bit of this. Now, I start with Activision Blizzard because they have put out a statement essentially saying that they are banning racist screen names. They will double their efforts in monitoring racist chat uh, and, and things of the sort. I mean, but you have to ask, why was that kind of stuff allowed in the first place? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> why, why, why in 2020? Why not 10 years ago? Or, you know, the beginning of time or like a beginning of chat yeah. and things like that. Like, honestly, it should have been like the first thing you think about. Like, it's not it's nothing new that people are going to say these things. Like, I mean, maybe it's the, the, the fact that the Internet is something that like people like to hide behind no faces. You know, um, maybe that was something people didn't consider. But honestly, like it, it should have been like right there at the tip of your tongue to be like, that shouldn't happen. Listen, if you're Xbox Live and you want to argue, hey, we thought it might be bad, but we didn't know it was going to be nearly that bad in your early years. Sure, I might be willing to buy that. But no, if your game came out in 2012, you know the landscape. Like, you knew what <laughs> yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these all these companies, they know the vibes. They know how it is. It's just a lot of them decide to be complicit because they know they're... It, it, the thing about racism is it, it, for for rich folks, for the oppressors, at times they could be selective about their racism. Yes. They could be if it's making the money, then they'll then you know they'll go with it. If it's not making the money, then they won't. You know, it's plain and simple. That's why like to be honest with you, I've seen a lot of folks, a lot of brands, a lot of companies posting things on the internet and I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Like I know who it's sincere, who is being sincere, and a lot of companies I know who are, they're just putting it out there to, you know, save face. Because at the end of the day, it, the almighty dollar is all they really care about. They don't really care. Well, about folks. and and the interesting thing here is that you know you talked about some of these brands, and I just I just want to list off a few brands that actually have made statements, uh, or not just statements, but actively pledged money because again that's an extra step yes. uh even if it is for pr but is it still an extra step uh you had companies like Ubi ubisoft ea yes. uh niantic pokemon company uh a real a really weird one uh ea which is to i mean that is that is the first order of video games is it, like is it really <laughs> is it really though because like all right, all right so so let me let me go ahead because i want to clear up a misconception about electronic arts it. A lot of people, you know, judge them for the way that they do business, the microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront 2, things like that. Uh, they, they've been very predatory toward their consumers as a whole. Uh, and, and I understand why people don't like EA. But at the same time, uh, they have very inclusive hiring. From they my do. perspective, I from what yeah. I've seen, they, 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 actually, they actually have a group of African-Americans who've developed like a community project within EA. That's something that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, those folks were instrumental in throwing Afro Dev, which was uh, something that happened during the Game Developer Conference last year that celebrated black game developers. Uh, PlayStation and EA were very instrumental in that. And these are companies that do care about diversity and inclusion uh, and do a lot to, to try to further the agenda. 
So I, I want to clear up those misconceptions because a lot of people were were very surprised to see EA come out, donate and pledge so much money. And not only did they like pledge money, but they, they like are going to start programs within the company to help, you know, bring more people of color into the fray and into gaming. And I, I, there was just a, a ton of stuff. And I was like very impressed by what I saw. So one, one thing surprised. I will commit. Yeah. One thing I would definitely commend EA on that. I'd, I've seen not only any game company, I've never seen a company a, that is as massive as EA do this is yeah. that they have announced that they are having a nation or a company wide uh, day of volunteering on Juneteenth. Yes. Yes. That that was mind blowing because again, if you are unfamiliar with the holiday of Juneteenth, Juneteenth is when the Emancipation Proclamation was read in Texas. It was the last slave state for the document to be read in. By the way, it was two years after they wrote it, so you had people who were still slaves in Texas and didn't know that the Emancipation Proclamation had happened and that they were technically free, but. That is the celebration of when that document was read to slaves in yeah. Texas. It is, a, it is a celebration that you can take part in and you can see, especially in the American South, but also in big cities across America. Now, I, I agree with you um, that, you know, EA and I say that in jest, but EA did put out that statement that was, again, actionable they showed actionable steps it was beyond just giving money which i thought was really surprising but also at the same time for a game company that has made so much money off of madden and off of fifa and off of all of these games that heavily heavily feature african-americans and african-american athletic talent um in a way it kind of didn't surprise me at the end of the day Man, nice things said about EA. That is not something commonly checked off on the Checkpoint AFK bingo card. No, it's We're not really going to say that. But when Honestly, you do something like this, it's 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 amazing. It gives it gives you a different perspective. I will say this: like when I read your article, because Norris, you wrote an article about all these different brands and like you know, uh, donating money. And when I read the EA part, and you know, I knew that they were pretty inclusive, but like I didn't realize to what scope that they would go out and do this. And I was kind of shocked at that level. And it kind of ch- changes my perspective of. You know, okay, fine. They're they're you know draining me because of all the microtransactions. Okay, fine. But if they're using their money to do things like this, then fine. Drain me of my with microtransactions because <laughs> I will gladly give you my money. Thank you, thank you, EA. Conspicuous uh, consumption, Chad. <laughs> you know what? I, I I give. It's like I give my money where I think it belongs, and and EA's proven that my money belongs there. You know, I this will be the one episode where we ever say nice things about EA, but I'll try to yeah, remember have, in the future. We got Volkai in the chat uh, over at uh, our Twitch channel saying, "When Checkpoint is nice to EA, you know they really earned it. <laughs> well, this is, really earned it. This has got to be like, like our, Apex. <laughs> yeah, when uh when the Amish and witches are working together, you know you've really screwed up or something like that." <laughs> And the Satanists, yeah, got the Satanists yeah, Satanist out there too. Now too. This is our equivalent to that for sure. K-pop no, it, it it is. Yeah, and, K-pop. And, and I oh my god, the K-pop stands who have taken over the hashtags. It's amazing. But believe you it. say, listen, Apex is cool. I like Apex. I think Apex is one of those types of games where <laughs> I I got into it too late. People are too good at it now, mm-hmm. and so I can't I can't even begin to really 
to 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 break the threshold. But um, what another company that responded to to this with a donation that really surprised me was a company like Square Enix. Now. The reason why I say Square Enix is because Ubisoft does not surprise me. I personally know many people of color who work for Ubisoft. Super diverse. If you play any Assassin's Creed game, they literally start the damn game with, our game is made by a bunch of people of various religious beliefs, creeds, and colors. And, like, I think that's dope, but I expect that from Ubisoft because that is, to me, their reputation. But Square Enix... I was like, whoa, hold on, you, you mean the, the, the Final Fantasy folks? And it, it really took me by surprise because this is a company that is Japanese-based company um, known primarily for creating RPGs, which I can't necessarily say is a quote-unquote, you know, a lot of people want to put people into different genres, but yeah. they'll say, oh, you know, that's not a black genre of video game, quote-unquote. Uh, even though those are games I love, um, I was surprised by Square Enix in their uh, in their donation, of which they said they will match any employee contributions uh, made as well. well. So that was a company I was surprising. Norris, you can go out, yeah. go out and say it too. Like Square Enix games are not exactly known for being a bastion of diversity. No, no not at there all. There is a look not- to Square Enix characters typically. Not in design, but in theme. Yeah. And that's what I had to think about is that when we really think about Square Enix games, Final Fantasy games, Dragon Quest games, a lot of them are about standing up to an yeah. evil empire, you know, uh, you know, spitting in the face of, you know, unwanted, unlawful authority, uh, taking down corporate oligarchy, saving the environment like this. Low key, Square Enix might have been woke before woke. Like that yeah. is that's the kind of thing where you got to think about it. Yeah, so, man. um, it, it's it's really interesting. Um, uh, Malik, are there any you know companies or personalities or game developers that that you really, uh, even if they just made a statement that you were really kind of like, oh wow, okay, that's cool. That like shocked me. I mean, because there were there were companies that you know, that spoke up or that had a statement that I was, I was just like, I expected that, but I applauded because it was very yeah. well done. Like Astro Gaming, uh, I think they're doing good stuff over there. Logitech, another company. So there's been a lot of that, but there hasn't been anybody that's like actually shocked me. Even the p- folks yeah. who have been kind of on the other side of things, the ones that have been silent and complicit as per usual. Uh, those companies, uh, I'm just like, okay. I, I already knew you guys were kind of, on that side of the fence anyway, and I will continue yeah. to not support your games and uh, keep yeah. it pushing. So yeah, not <laughs> not not many surprises. I think what's been the most shocking to me has more so been like the streamers, the big streamers with the big like brand names who've been like stepping forward and speaking out and not just like making one statement, but going in, like attacking folks who are being bigoted, bigoted and just educating everybody not caring if they lose their followership at all just really going in and putting it all out in the line and that's been very shocking to me like ninja for instance is a good example of that didn't expect ninja to like go so hard but ninja's been going pretty hard over this topic and yeah. i mean rightfully so we hear the guy listening to rap music on every stream he's on that he does <laughs> you know and rapping yeah. word for word so i mean it's good that he's like you know what I, I i need to do my part in this i need to use my platform and speak up and I think that's been shocking to me because I honestly I didn't expect that. Yeah, it, yeah. but Ninja's from like the Detroit. 
Detroit area. So it's not like he's yes. uh, oblivious to these kind of things. So I, in that yeah. aspect, doesn't shock me that I mean yeah. I don't know exactly where he's from. I don't think he's from Detroit. Detroit. He's from Taylor. Still. He's from Taylor. It's down. Oh, that's minutes well, from downtown. To be fair, I will say this, and most every I'm, no one's gonna know what I'm talking about, but like eye opening to like what happened around me because I live in like an area called Down River. It's just just south of Detroit. And I was shocked at the people that, you know, that uh, Downriver did a very well done protest. I will say that. I Like, I expected, like, nothing because, like, in my opinion, well, most people around here are trashy. River. It's trashy, <laughs> like, people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just garbage people, usually. I was shocked. It, it really, honestly, it changed my perspective of Downriver a little bit when I saw that. Like, I literally saw the uh, those protests yesterday on That's social awesome. media and how well it did. And I was like... I gotta give my people like better credit so, here yeah, because a, another 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 streamer that I think really stepped up is is somebody like Doctor Lupo, who yes. oh yes when yes. you when you talk if you ever met Doctor Lupo in person it makes perfect sense why he would respond in such a way but I think for a lot of people who have never had a sort of any sort of interpersonal or even just an in person experience that uh, Doctor Lupo was at. You know this guy's like stand up dude, but yeah. the statements that he's been making um on, on this topic in particular on point flat out because he's just like, yo, if this is what you believe, I don't want you you're not my fan. I don't want you to be my fan. And you know, I, I just want to kind of begin to put a bow on this and to say that is the way, and Callie, you brought it up earlier talking about individual white people or individual people of other groups, what can they do to help? Yep. I'm, That's the first step. Norris. I, That's I, part I, of the first step. I got to say, so I talked to a lot of people who are thinking about coming out of the closet. It is kind of the role I have assumed now because I'm pretty public about myself at this point. And one thing I always warn people of when you come out of the closet is you're going to learn who your friends are, whether you're happy about that or not. You're going to learn one way or another who your friends are. And I feel like in so many ways, that's what we're seeing right now. We are learning whether we're happy about it or not. We're learning who our friends are. And the, the sad truth of it is if you're not white, cis, het, and male, if you're not all four of those things, at the end of the day, we're all going to sink or swim together. Like, it's not going to be just one of our groups that's going to pay the price at the end of this if it goes bad. So we're all sinking or swimming together, so you might as well get on board if you're an ally to any of those groups. Flat out. Flat out. Flat out. Yeah. Uh, and, and Malik, you know, as our guest host, I want to give you the last word on this. Uh, what are some of your words on this topic, and uh, how do you feel? Uh, on the on this topic overall, like just what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I'm just... Bro, I, you've heard it. You've heard this probably from everybody, every black person out there. You, you've probably said it yourself several times, and that is that I am exhausted. This is flat. Out, I'm so tired. I'm tired, bro. Like so this tired. is like imagine saying something for your entire life, the same thing over and over and over again, and people just like look at you and they nod, but they don't really listen to you. You don't even see anything change, and then all of a sudden it just clicks. You know, I'm happy that it's clicking. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, I wish I could like, I could approach you with the same fire and vigor that I had the first time. But I've said it yep. so many times. It's like it's, I'm I'm exhausted. I almost feel like I can't even process this stuff straighter, or, or, you know, properly deliver this message to you 
with the same amount of passion because I've waited so long for someone to actually listen. But at the same time, I'm very relieved. I feel like Captain America at the end of Endgame when he's looking at Thanos and then the portals start opening up behind him and everybody's coming out. <laughs> You know, so like, it's like we got we got gay folks, trans folks, Latinos, uh, Asian folks. They all start coming out of the portal. Someone yeah, needs yeah. to make that meme. We need that meme right now. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure. I mean, we oh, can probably man. find it. Yeah, we we good. if we haven't found it, we can make it. But we'll make it. no, I, I completely I completely echo that sentiment, Malik. And and you know, as someone who uh, has been not only. Uh, in this gaming community for my entire life, but also somebody who has tried to champion African-American causes in whatever field I've been in. I mean, I don't care if I was working at Starbucks at the time. We don't talk about some racial stuff. But yeah, uh, the point the point of the matter is, is that there are a lot of African-Americans who are feeling exactly as you felt. Uh, they're tired. They're exhausted. This is not new. This is not the hotness. This is not the a new wave of right. energy. Nope. This energy has been yeah. there since forever. Yeah, it's a Boy. bit bittersweet to be honest. Because like though it's like it's cool to see everybody like sharing. Like even people are coming to my Twitter and following me, and it's like cool to see people like wanting to know more and wanting to like to like really get behind me and stuff like that. That's awesome. But like under the circumstances. Like, for me, I just want things to get better for everybody. You know, like, yes. I, I could care less about, like, any professional gain from this situation. I just want to see some change. I just want want it to be to where my kids don't have to go through this, and my kids don't have to protest, and my kids don't have to worry about a, a proper etiquette to address the cops with. You know, I want I want this all to change. So I'm just I'm just happy that we're we're finally starting to band together. We're finally starting to get people to look at actionable items. You know, moving forward, and I, I someone asked me what keeps you going, Malik. I'm like living because I'm black. I have no choice but to keep going. Uh, <laughs> and, and on top of that, I'm a person who I have a family member. I lost my cousin three three years ago to this very same thing. So it's a very personal matter to me. I don't want anybody else to have to feel that trauma. You know, and and I think that with this movement, we're definitely going to see some progress. Uh, and I just urge everybody out there. If you're white, if you want to be an ally, take a look at, and you're, and you're in the gaming space, take a look at folks like Dr. Lupo and the way that they're approaching it. That's the way you can help right there. That's the way you can be an advocate and an ally. Denounce this stuff. Denounce this behavior. Denounce this ideology. And, and, and don't be afraid to do it. And don't be afraid who's going to react you know, poorly to it because at the end of the day, that's just poor ideology that they have in the story. That's right. That's right. And the last thing I want to say on it, guys, is let's keep the energy up. Let's keep this moving. And I'm going to look right at everybody when I say this. Stop letting it have to be that black people die for us to rise up. I'm going to repeat that. Don't have it be where black people have to die for us to pay attention to this or anybody for that matter. If you believe in this stuff, this got to be how you are the whole year, every year for the rest of time. Okay, to be anti-racist is not a thing you pick up and do. It's not a hippie phase. You have to be this way for the rest of your life. And that's all I'm going to say flat out. Toward everybody. We wanna... Toward blacks. Toward, everybody. toward gays. Toward women. Toward everybody. Stop it. Stop that that hatred.
flat out. Uh, we want to thank Malik Forte for joining us as special guest host. Uh, Malik, for those who don't know, which I think is absurd that they don't know, but if they don't, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you uh, and, and learn more about you? Uh, yeah, my Twitter, at Malik, number four, P-L-A-Y. Uh, I pretty much do everything from Twitter. I'm phasing out a lot of my social media, especially after uh, what we've just went through. Uh, so I, there's no Facebook. IG will be gone soon. So Twitter will be pretty much the only place in social media you can find me. And then Twitch. My Twitch is the same as my Twitter account, Malik, number four, P-L-A-Y. And that's pretty much it. Uh, or if you watch the Call of Duty League, uh, I have a show that called Contesting the Point that you can watch. It's on YouTube. Uh, and you'll see me floating around in some other stuff that I will announce on my Twitter. Awesome, awesome. We thank Malik once more. I am your host, Norris Howard, alongside Callie Sloan and Chad Callahan. We want to thank everybody for joining us for this really awesome conversation. And we hope that everybody can keep the energy up. Be safe, wash your hands, keep your masks on when you protest. And most of all, Black Lives Matter. We'll see you later. <laughs>